that, it's impossible to recreate your innermost being and to become a new kind of person on the inside. Only God can do that in a person. And so whenever God does that in a person's life and he makes them new spiritually, we celebrate it. And we celebrate it by, by baptism. That's, that's what baptism is for. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, uh, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And, and I, we don't think there's anything more significant that could happen to a person than God making them new. Nothing else, nothing else is as big as that in a person's life. And the way that the church has been celebrating this new life from God for 2,000 years is by dunking them in water, which we call baptism. And so that's what we're going to, to do today. And, and like I said before, if you're here today and you weren't thinking, I'm coming here to be baptized, but you sense God moving in your heart to take that step, we're going to give you that opportunity. Because for many people, you know, they're, your, um, your, maybe your parents had you sprinkled with water by a priest when you were a baby, but you didn't choose to do that. Your parents made that choice for you because they wanted to say, by doing that, our child belongs to God. We're giving our child over to God, and that's a good thing. We believe that's a good thing, and we honor that, that your parents, that your parents took that step with you. But, but they made the choice for you, and it's our belief that because of what the New Testament says about baptism, that Anytime a person decides to follow Jesus, they made that choice. They made the choice for themselves. And it happened after they repented and put their faith in Jesus. And so that's how we, we practice it. And my hope today is that you will understand uh, how important it is for a person to choose to do that for themselves. In the sight of God and in the sight of other people in public. And so baptism, what it is, it's a picture of our union with Christ. That's what baptism is. It's a picture of our union with Christ. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote in the, in the book of Romans, um, in Romans chapter 6, actually. Maybe I'll just read it, because if I try to paraphrase it, it just won't come out right. Um, For we know that our old self... Uh, sorry, I started with the wrong verse. <laughs> Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. There it is again. If you've been made a new creation, if God has remade you in your innermost being, we, we are supposed to live a new kind of life. That's the fruit of that seed that got planted in you. And we express that through baptism. So when, when someone goes <laughs> under the water, that signifies them being dead and buried to their old way of life, to their sin. It's death to sin. That's what it pictures. And when we bring them back up out of the water, that signifies a resurrected life, a new kind of life with God at the center. Because God wasn't at the center of their life before. God wasn't uh, directing their life before. God, they weren't worshiping God before. And, and now this, all these changes have happened in their life, and they just want to, we, we want to put that on display and so that's what the, the, the immersion is all about and the dunking people into water. It's not just some ritual, all right? Um, it, it's significant because it pictures the work that God has done in a person's life in a very real way. And uh, it's just powerful. It's very powerful. And so that's what we're here to do and we're going to talk about today. And this all started a couple thousand years ago with a man named John. 
uh, and he had a nickname, John the Baptizer, <laughs> John the Baptist. Probably everyone in here has heard of John the Baptist, right? Um, he was recognized as a prophet of God. In fact, Jesus at one point described John as the greatest human being ever, ever born of a woman. John is the greatest. And he came out of nowhere, really, John, and he, was, he stood out for a number of reasons. And we're not going to go into all the kind of the weird, you know, um, you know, idiosyncrasies that John had. But he was a very interesting person, but he was really well known because of what his, his message and what he was telling people to do. That's why he was, uh, that's why he stood out the most is because he was, he would, he would go out, he lived out in the wilderness and, and he would draw these crowds and he was telling people to do two things, repent and be baptized. That's what he was asking people and compelling people to do. And he was saying that the reason you need to repent and be baptized is because God is about to do something he's never done before. He's going to do something new. He's going to make good on all his promises. He's going to speak in a way that he never has before. He's going to show up here. God is going to come to earth. Heaven is going to come to earth. And you need to be ready for it. And here's the problem. You're not ready for it. In your current condition, you are not ready for the kingdom of God and so you need to get ready. And people were asking, how do I get ready? And John said, repent and be baptized. So when he said repent, he was asking people to turn to God, to turn from their old way of life and turn to God because there were Jews and, and Gentiles everywhere who were not walking with God. And they were not worshiping God. They were kind of going through the motions. They were religious and they believed that because I was born a Jew and I went through all the rituals, I was circumcised, you know, I'm good with God, right? But they didn't have a living relationship with God. They didn't really know God. And so John was saying, you need to turn your whole life around towards God and reorient yourself to God. But then there's another thing you need to do. There's one more thing you need to do. You need to come down into the Jordan River with me so that I can put you under this water and bring you back up. And we call that, and, they, and that was called baptism. And that wasn't even a sacred word until John started using it. Uh, the New Testament translators didn't even translate the word. They transliterated the word, so they took the Greek letters and they just invented a new English word. The, the Greek word is baptizo, and the English word is baptism. They just took the letters over because it, they, it, there was no word in the English that really captured what John was doing and what it signified. And so that's where we get the word baptism. And Probably people listening to John and probably people listening to me are thinking right now, why? Why is that necessary? Can't I just repent and go home? Can't I just decide to uh, turn my life over to God and to start listening to God and start worshiping God and then be done with it? Why do I have to, you know, come out of the crowd and do this, you know, make this visible uh, declaration? And, 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 and so here's why that's important. You see, when God changes a person in their innermost being, and he makes them, he breathes new life into them so that they change their affections and they change their priorities and they begin to listen to God. When God does that, you can't walk away as if nothing happened. You can't. When you hear who Jesus is and what he did and you believe it, you can't stay the same. So God asks us to do something radical and public to mark that new beginning in your life. 
And he asks us to take a risk. He asks us to sort of come out of hiding. And that is what baptism is about. It is saying in a very public and profound way that you agree with God. You agree with God about your condition. You agree, I'm a sinner. I need God to forgive me. I need his mercy or I will be condemned or I'll be judged for what I've done. You agree with God that you need forgiveness and you need to be recreated. You need a new identity and nothing less. That's what you're saying when you become baptized. Baptism is about going public with your new identity. You are no longer identified with your sin. You're no longer identified with your past. You are identified with your Savior, Jesus. That's what baptism is about. You have a new master and a new future. And and the way John called on people to respond to God's activity in their life was by walking out to him from the crowd into the Jordan River and then dunking them in the river to signify this change that had happened. And so one day John is, you know, baptizing people in the Jordan River and he looks up and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And, and John was basically saying, Hey, look everyone, this is, what the, this is what I've been talking about. This is heaven coming to earth. This is the new thing that God is doing that he's never done before. And everyone turned and they saw a man. And his name was Jesus. And then something happened that John didn't even expect. Jesus comes into the water and asks John to baptize him. John did not see that coming. And and he didn't want to do it at first. He said, no way, you need to baptize me. But Jesus insisted that John baptize him. I mean, John is thinking, here's the God-man, here's the Messiah, here's the promised one, here's my Savior. I'm not worthy to baptize him. And Jesus says, you need to baptize me to fulfill all righteousness. And, And what I think Jesus meant by that is... John, I I need to be baptized by you because I am the Lamb of God that is going to take away your sin. And for me to do that, I need to become like you. I need to identify with you. I need to walk this journey with you. I need to become a man. I need to be tempted. I need to become weak and hungry. I need to feel the weight of suffering and sorrow. I need to work hard with my hands. I need to surrender myself to God at every point. And before I do all the things that God has sent me to do, I need to be baptized first. Because I am the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. And for me to do that, I need to identify with my people in every way. Jesus did not need to be cleansed from any sin. He was perfect, completely fulfilled the law of God. But he did that so that all righteousness could be fulfilled. Because one day it would be said of Jesus that he is the faithful high priest who is able to sympathize with his people and help his people in their time of need. And so he submitted himself to God's prophet, John, to be baptized. And, and this is how the, uh, uh, Matthew describes it in his gospel. He said, In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the river, in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water... Immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. Now do you know what's amazing about that? 
before this happened, people didn't know Jesus as the Son of God. They didn't know Jesus this way. They knew him as the son of Mary and Joseph, a carpenter. Jesus had a good reputation. He was a hard worker. He was reliable. He uh, was humble and teachable. He was likable. He never traveled far from home. He never wrote a book. He never ran for office. He wasn't famous. He was just this ordinary guy until the day he was baptized. And on that day, his true identity was revealed. God with us. God becoming flesh. God becoming a man. And God does not need to repent or be cleansed from his sin. But for God to take away our sin, he had to become like us. And so he chooses to be baptized. Jesus, the Son of God, chose to be baptized. And he calls us to do the same thing. And ever since then, the first thing people do to demonstrate their repentance and to put on display what God has done in their life is by getting baptized. And you might be wondering, still, still, there are people, I'm sure, wondering, why do I need to do this? I was baptized when I was a child, why do, or when I was a baby, um, I, I was sprinkled, or whatever it was. I just, don't, I just don't feel comfortable doing this. Let me try to illustrate it this way. Um, I don't know how many... I'm sure many of you, probably most of you are on social media, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. I'm on social media. I'm not the most active person, but I, I you know, I, I go on social media every single day like many of you. And I check people. You know, what's, you know what I like about social media is you can, especially Instagram, I appreciate this about Instagram more than anything, you can follow famous people. You can follow famous people, and they don't really even know it probably. <laughs> but you're following them. And you get kind of a, 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 peek, a peek into their life. It's just a slice. It's nothing. Who knows what their life is really like, you know? Um, but you get to follow famous people and kind of see what their life is like and what they care about and stuff like that. So there's a few famous people that I follow. And um, these are kind of the four people. If I was going to have a party and I can invite anyone in the world and I knew they would come, here's the people I would invite. First of all, Tony Horton. Tony Horton, probably a lot of you don't even know who he is. He's a fitness guru. He, he created the program P90X, which changed my life a few years ago. And uh, just a, a really, I, I want to meet this guy. He's super energetic, and a lot of people think he's annoying, but I really like him, and I want him at my party. And that's, so that's Tony Horton. He has like 186,000 followers on Instagram, all right? And he's, that's him today. He's like in his mid-50s. And I've done P90X four times, and I still don't look that good. So that's Tony Horton. The second guy I would want at my party is Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan, I can tell more people know who he is. He has, or he is. He's got like over 300,000 followers on Instagram. His wife is from Milwaukee. He's a, he's a stand-up comedian. And he, so he comes to Milwaukee like every year, and he, um, he jokes about it because he can, because his wife's from Milwaukee. And he's just a... I believe he's a Christian. He has got a big family like my wife and I do, like five or six kids. And I just really relate to him and his comedy. And then the last guy I would definitely want at my party is Giannis Antetokounmpo, who, by the way, is, is on the fast track of becoming the greatest basketball player on the planet. And some people already think that he is. And he is going to, I believe, in so someday win us, bring the NBA championship back to Milwaukee in a few short years. And I want him at my party He's got like 1.6 million followers. But then there's this guy, Pastor Scott Strubing. 
who has like over 150 followers. And if you want to see lots of pictures of his daughter Sadie and also pictures of books, you will love following Pastor Scott Strubing. Now, there are a couple observations that I want to make. Number one, number one, none of those famous people, aside from Pastor Scott, follow me. None of them. None of them are like, oh, finally, Dave Bloom decided to follow me. I got to follow him back and see what his life is all about. It just does, does not happen for me. And um, except for the great Scott, Scott Strubing, of course. And, and also, here's the other thing. This is a more important point. Following those people doesn't require me to do anything. I can follow them from a distance. I can sort of, you know, get a peek, sneak peek into their life through pictures and words. You know, I, I can like their posts. I can even share their posts if I think they're really inspiring. You know, Tony Horton's always talking about things you can do to get healthier and to, you know, live longer and all that stuff. And I can read that stuff all day and not do a thing about it, and he never even knows. It's not personal, in other words. It's not personal. It's not real. It's not a real relationship. But that's not how you follow Jesus. That is not how we follow Jesus. That is not what God is looking for. He's not looking for people who are going to follow him from a distance. People who are going to open his word or pray to him and then just move on with their life like nothing happened. God offers us a relationship that is extremely personal, extremely real, extremely intimate, and extremely life-changing, and nothing less. And the first step in following Jesus is baptism. That's the first thing Jesus asks his followers to do. In Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Jesus said to his disciples, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And weeks later, after Jesus had ascended uh, into heaven, uh, the Apostle Peter was preaching to a crowd of Jews who had gathered for Pentecost. They are coming from all over the world. And, and when Peter preached this message to the Jews, this is how it ended. He said, Let all of the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made Jesus both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. And this is what happened. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. 3,000 people were baptized in public. I don't know how that looked. It wasn't in an auditorium. I know that. It probably happened outside. It probably took a while. But it was a beautiful thing. And every single person did it. And I want to know, have you ever felt that feeling, like you were cut to the heart? Have you ever felt like, the, you know, your sin, your sin made you guilty before God and you needed to do something about it? That's what, that's what, they're, that's what they're feeling. I need to do something about my sin.
I need God to help me. <laughs> and the answer is repent and be baptized. That's the answer. These people all felt that. They felt that sting. They felt their need for God. They felt that Jesus was their only hope. And by getting baptized that day in public, they were saying to God, God, I belong to you. I'm not my own. I'm with you, and I'm never going back. And that's a step that every single one of those people took. And it's a step we've at, we ask every Jesus follower to take, is to choose to be baptized. And there are plenty of objections that I've heard over the years and, and that some of you may be even thinking about right now. You know, I was baptized as a baby, so isn't that good enough? And, and I just want to reiterate, some of you, I know you were baptized as infants. In fact, most of the people we baptize here were baptized as babies. And we believe your parents did a good thing by having you baptized. They really do. Uh, but we also believe that your parents never considered your infant baptism a complete thing. Because their hope was that someday you would turn to follow God on your own and that you would choose God for yourself. And when you do that, there's no better way to celebrate God's new life in you than baptism. And so we want you to be baptized and to choose to be baptized in public so that we can celebrate what God has done with you. And, and, and I got to tell you this too. Baptism means absolutely nothing without repentance. Nothing. And so I know that there are people who think, you know what, I was baptized in the church by a priest and that somehow gets me, makes me right with God or that gets me into heaven or something like that. And that's just nowhere in the Bible. We never read anything, even a hint of that. There is no baptism without repentance. Repentance always goes first. It's, the baptism is to show that, you're, that you have repented of your sin. And so the apostles never asked somebody, Jesus never asked somebody to be baptized until they repented because the two go together. And I realize that there are many people who've been baptized and who, you know, were baptized as a baby who don't know God and they weren't, they just haven't repented. They, the God isn't the most important thing in their life. And there are probably people who, are, who do love God and who have confessed Jesus as their Lord who have never been baptized. And that's not right either. Repentance and baptism go together. Always. That's the point. Another objection that I've heard many times is my friends and family will think I'm crazy. They may look down on me. In some cultures, in some countries, you getting baptized is putting your life at risk. And yet people do this because Jesus commanded it. And I have never once in my life heard someone tell me or read about somebody who got baptized and regretted it, ever. I've heard so many other people tell me, though, that even though their friends and family thought they were nuts, they got baptized anyway, and it changed their life. And lastly, many people will say, you know, I'll get baptized when I'm ready. You know, when my life is back on track, when I'm, when I'm, do, you know, when I'm going the right way, living the right way, when I get this part of my life cleaned up, this or that or whatever. And I just want to say, I don't understand... <laughs> Like, when is that going to happen? You know, that's like saying, that's like saying, you know what, I'll, go to the, I'll start going to the gym when I'm back in shape. That's what that's saying. Basically, that's kind of what you're saying. Because it doesn't work that way. Baptism is the first thing you do. It's the first thing. It's the first thing we do when we believe that Jesus Christ 
is Lord, that he is, our, he is God, he is God in the flesh, he's the Son of God, and he died for me. If you believe that, the next step is to be baptized. It's almost like a, a verification. Uh, you know, on, on social media like Instagram and Twitter, Twitter <laughs> famous people have uh, fake accounts that are created by impo- imposters, I guess. You know, like, um, there's even pastors uh, who have this happen to them. Nobody's creating any fake Dave Bloom accounts. I'm not that important. But there are a lot of people who, you know, fake Tony Hortons, fake Giannis Antetokounmpo's, and uh, f- creating these fake accounts all over the place. For, you know, that's saying, they're saying, I'm this person, but they're not. They're imposters. And so Instagram and Twitter have developed a system that can verify that this is the real Tony Horton. This is the real Jim Gaffigan. This is the real Giannis Antetokounmpo. And, and they always have that symbol. Instagram assigns that symbol to one, the real one, the real thing. They have that check next to their name. So that you can know as a follower that I'm following the real thing. And baptism is kind of like that. It's not exactly the same, but it's kind of like that. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, there's lots of people who've been baptized and are not following Jesus, and, and lots of people who are following Jesus but haven't been baptized. But as far as Jesus is concerned, baptism is not an option. That is the thing you do to verify your loyalty to Jesus. That's the thing you do, is you get baptized. It's the first thing you do. It's the first step in verifying your true identity. It's not the last step. But it's the first step, and it's really, really important. So I just want to ask you, what about you? Where, where are you at today? Have you believed the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life? That he is the only way to have peace with God? That he is the only hope you have for salvation? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh? That he came to redeem us and to rescue us and to bring us into God's presence one day? Do you believe that Jesus Christ, his death and his resurrection are enough to cover your sins, past, present, and future? If you believe that, my friends, what is keeping you from taking this step? Will you choose today to go public? 